true intimacy and love starts with this type of touch that makes you feel safe. If you want to improve your relationship, give your wife a massage, hold her hand, grab her face and kiss it. Because I, I wonder how many men are cheating on their wives because they think they're looking for sex, but they're actually looking for a connection and a loving touch. I'm Emily Goff, a human connection coach, speaker, and mental health advocate with an insatiable sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using the power of stories to teach, learn, and grow. It's about allowing for room to grow, and this podcast focuses on three main pillars, human connection, personal growth, and freedom. We cover topics like relationships and cultivating genuine supportive connections with ourselves and others, speaking your truth, shattering personal barriers, radical self-acceptance, and courageously leaning into your skill sets. Whether it's a solo episode or bringing on highly curated guests with incredible stories, experiences, and expertise to share, we're leaning in and taking the entire idea of growth to the next level, all while still covering the uncomfortable topics that many of us like to avoid. There's always more room to grow. Let's do this. Welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here. And today's episode is so fascinating. So fascinating. I cannot wait to share this one with you. So we are talking to my friend Kat today. And I actually just met her a couple of weeks ago. And I was blown away at her, her knowledge and her passion for what she does. So she actually does some cuddle therapy and touch starvation specific massage, which I thought was just amazing and so needed for so many people, so many people, especially following what the world has been through in the last two to three years. And the reason why I thought that this was a, a particularly fascinating one is, first of all, the amount of side effects that come from being touch starved is absolutely unreal. Uh, we we are human beings that are truly built for touch and our entire system suffers mentally, physically, emotionally when we are deprived of that as so many people are. We also focus more today on men. Uh, for one thing, Kat tends to specialize in working a little bit more with men. But the other thing that I want to bring up in regards to that is that in a lot of ways, a lot of men are even more touch starved in some cases than others because there aren't as many socially acceptable ways for men to gain touch as there are for women in particular. Women, you know, will often like hug each other and, you know, like it's there's there's so much more very natural socially accepted touch that is involved in women only relationships that is is very platonic. But when it comes to men, there aren't as many culturally accepted norms and, and avenues for men to have very platonic touch, like with with male friends or even sometimes with with female friends. You know, it's it's so interesting how there's such a dichotomy there and 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 a divide. And I think that it's really important. Actually we go we go into this a little bit more um there's more details sort of around some of these issues with men specifically in episode 335 with my dear friend James Walsham and episode 329 with uh, the incredible Cam Fraser where we go all into 
the myths of male sexuality. He is an incredible expert. Uh, he's just amazing. So definitely go check that episode out as well. Both of those ones are really powerful to go along with this one. But I can't wait to get into this one. We're going to get into the power of touch. Um, what Kat is actually going to explain what she does and even walk you through a session. And she gives us a little bit of detail on her background. And it's fascinating to see where she has come from and some of the, the things she's been through and ending up doing the work that she's doing now and, and even like the power of forgiveness in there as well. So really, really fascinating episode. This is such a cool conversation. I can't wait for you to listen and let's do it. Kat, I'm so pumped to have you. Tell us a little bit about you. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. Oh I'm so excited gosh. to be here and I'm so happy that we met <laughs> me last <too>. week. <laughs> I know, literally a week ago. And like I've told people this on the podcast before. I'm very particular about who I bring on. I I refuse 98% of the pitches that I get I because I curate everyone so specifically. And when I know, I know. So I literally like met you the other day and then I think it was like that four night, hours later, yeah. I messaged you. I was like, oh, I need you to come on the podcast. Like, That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so excited to dive in. So yes, tell us a little bit about you and who you are, what you do, whatever you feel like sharing with okay, us. Okay. Well, my name is Kat. I'm 44. <laughs> I'm the owner of a healing center here in Simcoe. Um, I do things like massage, Reiki, cupping, and I basically work with men and I often say I love men for a living. (laughs) (laughs) Which I love. I think that's awesome because like most people don't get to say something like that. And I'm sure, and we're going to get into this more, but I'm sure that that also can raise some eyebrows sometimes because like, what does that even mean, Kat? Tell us, what does that mean? One time I said that to a friend that I met and uh, he thought about it for a week and then asked me if I was a (laughs) prostitute. And I was like, no, no, no. I just, I love men. Um, I love their energy. I work with their emotions. I work with their bodies. I, I help them release stress mm-hmm. and just live happier lives. I love this. And make them feel loved and nurtured, which is all they're really wanting, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that was one of the, the things that we connected on in conversation when mm-hmm. we were chatting because you and I are both supporters of men in really big ways. And yes. I just feel that men are very just very undersupported and very misunderstood in a lot of ways too. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, and this whole, you know, women and children first, I feel like men often feel like they're last mm-hmm. um, in the home. It's it's the woman and the, and the children and they're last. Their needs are always last. Their emotions are last. Yeah. Right? They're not even often asked how they feel or what they think. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Men need men for healing and for understanding, but men need good women for nurturing, for compassion, for love, mm-hmm. right? Bring back that d- divine feminine energy, right? Yeah. So. yeah, there has to be a lot more understanding on on both sides. And the good news is, is that like this work can be done. This work is open yes. to anyone. Any That's human right. can do this work to, to be able to show up in a way that is more compassionate, more understanding, more curious, more open to connection in so many different ways and in, in different aspects, including the, the more physical aspect for some people too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. huge. That's huge. Okay, so tell us a little bit about, like, how did you end up doing this work? Because you, when we were talking the other day, you and I, I people have heard me say this on the podcast before, I never, like, sat down one day and was like, I'm going to do human connection exactly. as a, for a living. Like, and you sort of said the same thing. Like, this wasn't something that you necessarily set out to uh, on a list of goals mm-hmm. as like, this is what I'm going to do when I grow up. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't feel like it was ever planned. I had a full-time job. And then one day I just said, I was driving in the car with my daughter and I said, I'm going to open a healing center and I'm going to get out of this town and go into the country 
where it's more quiet and peaceful because we were living in Guelph at the time. And uh, fast forward like three years, here I am in Simcoe and I built a healing center in my home. And uh, yeah, not exactly sure how everything <laughs> happened, but that's, it's a whole bunch of little things, right? Yeah. And I met the right people, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And things just came into my life that showed me the way. And then I started with Reiki and massage. But then I learned other things and just I'm constantly just open to the universe to show me what is next, right? To guide me and to bring the right people into my life, yeah. right? To help me learn new things. So it didn't start out with touch starvation, which is one of the things that I deal with. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Well, I was really, I was, I was both fascinated and really excited to hear that you did touch starvation work because there is such an enormous need for that, especially post-pandemic yeah. and everything that has happened in the last two and a half years. Like it's just been, it's been a lot for people and it's been actually deeply traumatic for so many mm -hmm. people, for so many humans. Like we, we've all basically undergone this, this collective trauma. Yes. And some people have experienced it in wildly different ways than others. And this mm -hmm. is one of the ways it has come through the most. So what sort of led you to, to move into touch starvation work and what does it even mean? Because you know, there's there's things like um, like cuddle therapists and yes. stuff like that, and and I think that people think that that's not a real job, but it it is. Oh, they like totally it's very think real. It's a joke. <laughs> yes. Right. Because they're like, why would someone pay someone to cuddle them? Right. Yes. Um, but when people say that, what I think about is, if they don't understand that they've never gone without, mm. so good for them. So I'm happy that they don't know what touch starvation means. Oh, that means they've point. never gone without. So I just smile. Yeah. Right. Um, so I learned about touch starvation in my last long-term relationship, which ended beginning of this year. Um, and I received the gift of touch starvation, and that's how I say it, because it really was. Um, and physically, I wasn't doing well. Emotionally, I was a basket case. I was questioning everything, and I had all the symptoms of touch starvation. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought it was me, and I, I just couldn't understand. So literally the weekend that we were breaking up, I just started Googling stuff and I was like, I think I have touch starvation. Uh, um, so then it took a few months and I thought, you know, if I can heal from this and if I can learn and understand, and I mean hours of research and reading online and stuff, then I thought, why don't I just, I'm doing massage and Reiki, why don't I just create something that will target people that are suffering from touch starvation and also educate them and make them feel like they're not alone because I think understanding it is like the big step, mm -hmm. right? Before you even do anything about it, just understanding it, so. I, I love, I absolutely <laughs> love how you frame that as receiving the gift of touch starvation. Because so often our, our pain can, not always, but it can lead us down the paths of opening up these whole like redirections that we, we may have never even known about or thought to explore or, or have even known existed. And I relate to you a lot because there was a relationship I was in um, a couple years ago where there was a lot of touch starvation. And, and I was very conscious of it when I was in it. And, mm -hmm. and I was trying to explain <coughs> to my partner at the time like what I was kind of experiencing, but it just... It, there, there was just a disconnection yes. on, on that on that point because it's not everyone's thing. And physical touch is, is one of my biggest love languages as yes. well. And actually, before we dive more into like the full understanding of, of the importance of touch starvation and, and 
some of the actual facts and knowledge around this. I would love for you to read um, what you read me before we jumped on about the the ad that mm -hmm. you have posted uh, locally yes so around touch starvation and one of the responses that you got just today um from somebody who was inquiring for your services i'd love i'd love for you to read that because i think it's really important for people to hear this yes thank you when i got it today at 11 o'clock i thought this is something that i can share with you mm -hmm. um because it it's kind of what i get all the time and sometimes it's a novel and sometimes it's just people being so open and and writing to a stranger that they've never met yeah. right um, so this is the message I received. It says, hello, I was wondering if I could book a massage session with you. I'm a 31-year-old Caucasian male who was definitely touch-starved. I'm a little chubby and have a love language of physical touch that is definitely unfulfilled. It's been a very long time since I felt good in that regards. Mm. My heart just breaks hearing yes. that. Yes. Yeah. And, and I get that, you know, all the time. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, I feel isolated and I feel lonely. And after reading your ad, I feel like I'm not crazy. Like, I think I have this, yeah. you know? So, yeah, it, you know, it, it's interesting. Sometimes when I'm doing research for for podcast topics or, or um, interviews like this or anything like that, I was doing some research before you got here. And sometimes I actually find that the most interesting part of my research can be the other suggested questions that Google offers when I'm looking up a question. Oh, I love those. Yes, because it's really fascinating. I'm like, okay, if somebody's Googling this thing, like what other questions are people having That's related right. to this? And one of the questions that came up at the very top was, will touch starvation make me crazy? Be Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit more about this. Like what, what does touch starvation really mean what does it do to us mm -hmm. uh, like physiologically mentally emotionally what are the the actual effects that it has for us because actually i read um one quote that i found fascinating from this one's from dr brian wind and he said physical touch excites the part of the brain that regulates emotion reward and compassion and he said essentially it makes us feel good and makes us close makes us close to the people we love it signals safety trust and a sense of belonging the compassion part in particular really stood out to me because mm -hmm. I talk about compassion on this podcast all the time and, and to, we don't always make that connection like between compassion and, and, touch. and touch. So what are some of the other things that, because that's, that's barely scratching the surface, like what yes. are some of the other ways that, that we are impacted by touch starvation? So I just wanted to clarify that touch starvation is not often when you have a lack of touch. Okay. Um, and that you can be in a marriage, you can be in a relationship, and you can be sexually active mm -hmm. and still have touch starvation. Yes. And also, it's when you go from having a certain amount to then very little. So it's also like a, a significant decrease. Like if there's a divorce, a death of a family member or a spouse where you would get a lot of affection from, then that can also cause touch starvation. So it's not always having none, right? It's sometimes having a lot and then having just... A less amount. I'm so glad that, that you made that distinction because I want to clarify that about my relationship a couple of years ago. We we were sexually active. Yes. That was not an issue. Mm -hmm. But it was everything else. I, I would I would actually say sometimes I'm like, I feel like you only like me between the hours of like eight thirty PM and midnight. <laughs> Even if we were together during the day, it'd be literally nothing. Like not even like a touch on the shoulder or, or something, anything. Like I, I've been very used to that in past relationships. Mm -hmm. And that's how I function best. But I, I'm so glad that you made that distinction because you can have a very healthy sex life and still actually feel exactly. quite touch-starved. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. sex does not equal 
loving, nurturing touch. No, no. Right? They're two different things. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so some of the other symptoms are aggression in men, mm-hmm. anxiety, depression, um, lowered sex drive, dissatisfaction in your relationship and in your life, um, body image issues, uh, weight gain. So, and then the big thing is your stress response and your raised cortisol levels. Because once your cortisol goes up, your cortisol levels affect your digestive system, your heart, your lungs. It affects everything. It affects your mood. Um, Stroke, heart disease, high blood pressure, digestive problems, headaches, um, and an increased risk for addictive behavior. Mm. Yeah. So tell me what it does not affect when you really think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's really important to note, too, because I found this in my research as well, like that, that it can actually contribute to difficulty with secure attachment. Oh, absolutely. And so that's that's the, the, the sad irony. Like that's the, the tragedy in that is that somebody can be so touch starved that it actually makes them start to fear attachment where they could actually have some of that touch fulfilled mm-hmm. that's that's the most heartbreaking aspect of that to me is isn't is, that so like yeah. ironic and yeah heartbreaking yes and yeah. i had a client this saturday that came in he's 26 he came in for a two and a half hour cuddle and that's what he was talking about is he's so anxious to be around women to connect with women that it's like it causes actually ptsd when you haven't had touch in a long time you have ptsd from being touch starved so then you're just fearful like you said right so what's the solution right and that's why cuddle therapy works because it's uh you're able to connect with someone emotionally and physically with touch um and then you kind of calm down your body and your vagus nerve and you start giving your body positive experiences with another human with connection with closeness right with being next to someone so that you kind of start getting rid of those old memories of being touch starved it's and like you start creating new positive experiences yeah it's like an energetic imprint that some of us can yes. can get when we've had maybe negative experiences with that that's huge so walk us through what what a cuddle session like the reality of of what it looks like when somebody comes to your center for for a cuddle session mm-hmm. tell walk us through what that involves like from the moment they walk in the door to the time they leave like what is I, I want to give people the specifics sure. of like what's involved with this. So I will start by saying that I don't do cuddles um, sessions with a new client. Mm-hmm. It is always someone that has come in for a massage or a Reiki treatment for maybe touch starvation massage, and that's only so that <clears throat> I can create. Um, it's for safety reasons, basically, right? That um, was so one can, of my questions yeah, for you so too. Yeah, so I can tap is, into yeah. their energy. I can get to know them, um, and we can build some trust. And then if I feel comfortable being in their space and I feel like they're a good person, then we can proceed with a cuddle. Um, so I'll say that there's usually trust already established before we start a cuddle session. Um, we go over some of the rules. Um, would you like to hear some of those? Please. Um, basically being sober, signing a consent form that there is no exchanges of bodily fluids. There's no sexual touching. There's um, areas that are off limits. Mm-hmm. And then I will state things that I'm not comfortable with. And then the person will also have an opportunity to state things that, you know, certain body parts he may not like touch, like his ears or, you know, his hair or something. Um, And then when we're both okay, we kind of just, um, so we sign this consent form that we're both agreeing to the rules of this cuddle session. 
and then we just sit next to each other and hold hands, right? Because sometimes you can be a little bit anxious, of right? Course. Especially if it's your first. Um, so we kind of just get into each other's space and I try to match my breathing with theirs. So there's like an, mm -hmm. an exchange of energy and our bodies and our energy settle. And sometimes that's five to 10 minutes. Um, and then we'll just start like with putting an arm around the other person. And basically the whole cuddle session is, is it's a conversation. It's how do you feel now? Do you feel comfortable? Would you like to change positions? Do you want to be cuddled? Um, do you want to be the one to cuddle me? Do you want to sit? Do you want to lay down? Um, and then we just kind of go through a series of our favorite cuddling positions. Um, and sometimes I give them a head rub. Sometimes I just put my hand on their forehead or their heart. Um, we also talk about whether you want to talk a lot or whether you want to enjoy some silence, which I think most people appreciate a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. They just enjoy being in the moment and just having um, a quiet cuddle and just kind of being in their body and feeling, you know, the peace that comes with it. Um, and what else? And I usually set a timer so I'm not looking at the clock. And we just, yeah, we kind of go with the flow and see how we feel. And if someone's arm falls asleep, then we laugh about it. <laughs> um, and then a lot of the times when, you know, half an hour in, people start sharing some of their stories, some of the things that they've never been safe enough to share, you know? And things like sexual assaults come out, even though someone's been married two or three times and they've never been able to tell a spouse. Mm. And like, that's heartbreaking, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of sharing and sometimes there's tears and sometimes there's giggles and laughter and jokes and sharing funny stories. So it just really depends. Um, but I mean, there's hugs at the end, even though we just cuddled for like an hour <laughs> or two hours. And it's always such a beautiful experience. It is the most rewarding thing that I do. And I can't, I can't believe that I get to do the, the thing I love the most with strangers. <laughs> like, I just, I can't believe it. Because that's I'm so the beautiful blessed. part. Yeah, that you benefit from this too. Like, oh. you get the oxytocin hit exactly. just as much as the other person does. Exactly. And I just, I'm, I feel so blessed. And I can't believe that this is what I'm doing. <laughs> I feel so lucky. I love that so much. And, you know, I, I, there was something that I thought was really poignant that you mentioned to me about um, how you finish massage with your, with your palms on either side of, of the face because you yeah. finish with a face massage. And part of that face massage is that you literally will just, like, cup your, your palms on either side of, of somebody's face for a few moments. Yeah. And I want you to tell me some of the reactions that the men in particular have when you do that. Um, a lot of them cry. A lot of them just kind of lift up their face to, for me to cradle my, their face in my hands. Um, sometimes when I have my hand on their chest, so my hand is kind of on the side of their face as well, they turn and tilt their head into my arm mm. in response to my, like my arm just being there. Um, and they often say that they've never been held like that or that it's been a very long time. And I always tell them that like this session is for loving them, but a lot of the times it's also for loving the little boy inside, right? Because it's that motherly nurturing touch that sometimes we're all missing or we didn't get enough of or, you know, we didn't have a mom growing up or she wasn't very affectionate. So it's like it's loving the man and the boy. Right. Mm. I love that so much. 
So that's usually how I, I talk, and I, I talk to the women that I work with about this as well, but especially with the men about, you know, the way that you're talking to yourself, just as one example. Mm-hmm. Like, you, when you make those, those really hurtful, like, self-deprecating comments, you're making that about your little, like, this boy. Yeah, the little yeah. boy, too, and his heart breaks a little bit more every time you do that. That's right. And you share a heart. So you're breaking your own heart every time you talk to yourself that way yeah. without that compassion. And, you know, the, the really beautiful part that I, I think that would be really valuable for people listening to this is if there's someone who's coming to you, uh, a male, especially a male, again, this, this, could act, this could apply to anybody, but especially a male who reacts that strongly mm-hmm. in such a positive way to having their face held, if that is somebody who is in a relationship, I would encourage them if they feel safe enough. And that that's another whole conversation. It's like mm-hmm. the, creating the environment of, of emotional and obviously physical and safety, but letting their partner know that they like that, that they want that, that they need that. Because sometimes we don't know what, what we've been missing until we experience exactly. it. Exactly. So there are so many people who maybe didn't even know that that was what they're missing Mm -hmm. and then they just go for a basic massage with you they experience that and they're like holy shit i have been missing that so if you have a partner like go or or you know whoever your next partner is like ask for that if you feel safe enough to do so too and that hopefully that would be able to open things up a little bit between you because your partner may just have no idea Mm -hmm. and so asking for what you need communicating that need Hopefully, it's an environment where that will be well-received, too. Yes. And I often say to them, like, if, if you really enjoy this and you didn't, you didn't even know how much yeah. you would enjoy this, take this experience home with you. So, and understand that intimacy in a relationship starts with this type of touch. Like, mm-hmm. true intimacy and love starts with this type of touch that makes you feel safe. So I said, if, if you want to improve your relationship, give your wife a massage hold her hand, grab her face and kiss it, right? And kind of share, bring this lesson home with you and use it to improve your relationship, right? Because I I wonder how many men are cheating on their wives because they think they're looking for sex, right? If they're not, if they don't have enough sex at home, they think they're looking for sex, but they're actually looking for a connection and a loving touch. Yes. Right? Yes. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. It's, so often that type of action, and again, that could go for anyone, mm-hmm. any human, but so often that type of action it is, is looking to fill a void That's right. of some kind. And there can be, there's so many different reasons why people cheat. I, I am the first one to say mm-hmm. there's so many different reasons. But that can be a huge one is like searching for this this thing that, like that isn't going to fulfill the need. That's right. Or at least if it does, it will just be a temporary Oh, it's hit. just for a few days. Exactly. Probably, right? Exactly. Yeah. But if they don't know what touch starvation is yeah. and they feel crazy and they feel like they're just needing women, mm-hmm. right, then this is how they kind of explain it to themselves, I think. Yeah. And I think if they only knew that they're not looking for sex, they're looking for a true connection. They're looking to be held to feel safe, Right. But I, f- I also feel like a lot of men don't like expressing needs because it makes them feel weak yep. because they're supposed to be the guy that's got his shit together, right? And he's tough and he's big and he's strong, right? So I don't, 
sometimes see them going to their partner and saying, I really want to hug, I want to hug or I want to cuddle, right? Yeah. I feel like that's an obstacle that they will have to overcome. Yeah, I think so too. And, and you know, for, for all of us to work on being more receptive to hearing that from our partners too. Like this is, mm-hmm. this is a two-way street. You know, the, the one side can't change without the other side changing at the same time. So there has to be some shifts on both sides yes. about cultivating more curiosity and compassion and, and being open and receptive to hearing what your partner might need. And if it's not something that you feel able or equipped or safe, safe in your own rights to mm-hmm. give, then dig into that a little bit more. Like, like what would you need in yes. order to feel safe giving that and vice versa? Yes. And, and showing up for your partner, right? And mm-hmm. saying, maybe my, you know, my first love language isn't touch, but I love you and you're important to me. So how can I kind of make it work? And do I have to put a reminder in my phone to, do you know what I mean? To go and have a cuddle? Like if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes, right? Sometimes you kind of have to overcome your own um, habits, right? To go and show up for your partner. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's, um, have you heard of Alison Armstrong? No. Okay. I'll send you some of her work. She, she's done some really, really incredible work around the study of, of men. And I was, I just finished one of her books and I'm not going to go into this too deeply because I'm not going to be able to explain it nearly as well as, as she did. I need to go back and actually like go over some of it. And, and if, I feel like if I just give like the tip, it's going to potentially be misconstrued. So, okay. <laughs> but part of what she was talking about was cultivating sexuality within your relationship as, as a devotion. So yes, while desire is obviously important. And again, we're speaking outside of any realm of abuse here. Mm-hmm. So abuse is totally excluded from this. Okay. If that's, if that's a thing that, that is not part of, that's not what we're talking about here. But as long as it's, you know, safe, consenting adults mm-hmm. in, in the relationship that not not relying solely on your desire. That is not to say that you are then putting yourself in the position of um, having sex just because you feel like you have to. Yes. That's that's a totally that's different it. thing. No. Yeah. But just cultivating the devotion of of the act of having sexual intimacy with your partner as an act of love in a lot of ways. And and I feel like that's that's partly that ties in really well with this like how can I be more devoted to showing up with more love? And, and that could be, be applied in any of our relationships. But, you know, when it comes to sex mm-hmm. in particular, like really cultivating that and seeing how we can kind of play with that a little bit and, and to see, try different things on to see what feels good for you and what feels good in your relationships. I think that's how it was meant to be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. You know, I, I, just, I, love, I love how supportive you are of of men. And I, I would love, and we talked about this a little bit beforehand, but I'd love for you to um, tell me a little bit about how you ended up doing this work given some of your past history with mm-hmm. men. Uh, well, I do have a history of sexual and physical abuse at the hands of men. Um, and it's taken me a lot of work and healing to be in the place where I literally allow strange men into my home yes. that I've never met and they give me an hour of their trust with their body and their heart and I just spend that time loving them and nurturing them. So <clears throat> for me to feel safe enough to do that, um, it's also been, I've really had to look at myself and take accountability for 
con contributing to certain situations in my life and also realize that people are not their past mistakes. They are not their flaws. Um, and the fact that someone that hurts another person is clearly not happy. They're traumatized. They've been hurt themselves, right? So I don't feel that someone that is healed and is happy and has no traumas really goes out to hurt someone else for no reason, right? I don't believe that. So I've accepted that everything that's happened to me has happened for a reason. I do not see myself as a victim in any way. Um, and yeah, I, I feel safe enough with men and I've always connected with men and I've always had more male friends than female friends. I just love their energy and I find that because I'm so assertive <laughs> and I don't really have a filter <laughs> that I feel like they appreciate that sometimes more than women do. I, I relate to you on that. <laughs> so, so yeah, I just, I, I love love and I feel like it's, I've been put here to help men heal. Mm. And I feel like women have a lot of support and I feel like the divine feminine also needs a lot of healing. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like men are under supported. Um, and one thing I wanted to bring up is, have you seen like the short videos of like men getting thrown in the kitchen and like the the promoting of um, domestic violence against men? Of like, of? no, yeah, like no. just these short videos on like TikTok. I don't have TikTok, but I've okay. seen the videos or like YouTube of like you know when you marry a woman and she comes home and you haven't done your housework, and it's just like a clip of like a guy getting thrown into the kitchen and a woman's voice saying, "Now do the dishes." Oh my gosh. Right? And it's like when I see those, it just upsets me so much because how is this okay that we're creating these videos and people are liking them and they're commenting and they think it's a joke that a man is being thrown, you know, and abused for not doing his chores. Oh. And imagine if a man created a video no showing a woman being thrown into the kitchen and saying, now do the dishes. Yeah. That would not be accepted. I'm so glad that you brought that up. I, I haven't seen anything related to those videos, and I'm glad I haven't, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but I, there is often a really big double standard mm -hmm. in, in a lot of ways. And I did an episode last year that I was actually very nervous to come out about around abusive relationships. And I covered it, and I make this very clear on the episode that like I am not an expert in abuse. Yes. I, I don't pretend to be. Um, but that I wanted to cover as many different angles of it as I could. So I go into abuse against women, abuse against men, abuse uh, in the trans community, abuse in the indigenous community, like all these different yes. angles. And I was really nervous to come out with it because I just felt like I was, and, and I, I was just barely even beginning to scratch the surface of it. But I wanted to make it clear that abuse comes in many forms mm -hmm. and towards so many different people and that it is this is not to take away from the abuse that women have suffered at the hands of men and women are also usually much more likely to be physically harmed yes. simply because yeah. of the strength Size difference and strength, too yes. yeah absolutely but <clears throat> there is a massive amount of abuse against men at the hands of women far more than you would expect I don't have the stats in front of me right now but I will reference that episode um, and and even more of that proportionately goes underreported because there's such a stigma mm -hmm. of men coming forward saying that a woman abused them. Yeah. Like they'll get laughed at and, and they're not taken seriously, even by the actual organizations that are in place to help to them. To help them, exactly. Yes. So there's that, that double standard. I, I really, really struggle with that. And that is not going to serve us to, to get us anywhere. 
to to be able to go to the root of some of these really systemic issues. And Kat, I just have to say, like the the level of of forgiveness that I I hear coming through you and the amount of work that you have done to get to where you are. Don't make me cry. No, I, <laughs> listen, I mean, I hate to say this, I do consider it a badge of honor if I make someone cry in the podcast, but in the best way, because it just means that like we created that much of a connection. But truly, like I I, I just absolutely commend you for doing doing that work and and just to see someone that was another reason why I really wanted to have you on because I was like this is a woman who has suffered so much and to be able to now do the work that you do like literally inviting strange men into your home to do this mm-hmm. kind of work that is so healing is just like it's such a beautiful show of love it's just such a beautiful example of of love and like coming forth with that and the ripple effect that that has I hope that you can even have an inkling of like understanding just how significant that impact is because there are so many people like each each of these people that you touch in this mm-hmm. case quite literally is is then going back out into the world and able to have like a more positive ripple effect in their own circles and their own their own way because of the work that you've done to help them that's what I'm hoping for yeah that's why I do it um thank you for saying that that's really sweet it heals me every time that I'm able to love them and watch them leave with a smile and tell me how long it's been since they feel loved. Um, So yeah, it's been really healing for me. And yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that they go out and they have a better day and they're nicer to their coworkers, their their family, their kids, that they open the door for someone, (laughs) right? Yeah. So it's just, yeah, that's the hope. So just going back to what we were saying uh, before about that video of a man being thrown across the kitchen and being yelled at to do the dishes, which is just promoting uh, violence against men, some of my clients have admitted to me that they are and have been in verbally and physically abusive relationships. And, um, and their excuses and their, you know, the things they say to themselves to stay are, you know, it's not that bad. I can handle it. It doesn't really hurt. I don't have marks, you know, mm-hmm. I can handle it. I'm a big guy. And it's like me saying it's, it's not okay and that's not love, right? Someone that loves you, that you share a bed with, should never use their hands to hurt you. Because what happens is now your body doesn't feel safe. Yeah. And your body remembers. Yeah, so the you, body right? keeps score. The yep. body keeps score. Yep. So now you're in this home where you are being hit, whether that's a man or a woman, right? But it's just men feel so much shame. And like you said, they're not even believed by the people yeah. that are that are here to help them with this. They're not even believed by them. So it's just so much shame um, when they're the ones that are being abused, which is just heartbreaking. I can't even, yeah. Yeah, and as <laughs> Renee Brown says, like shame, shame cannot survive being spoken. So that's another gift that you're giving them is like giving them that space to open up to in that way because you know, as, as much as we've made massive strides in, in the mental health space in general and, and destigmatizing, going to a therapist and mm-hmm. stuff like that, there is still, I mean, so there's much. still so much stigma yep. attached to it. And and everybody, you know, you also have to find the right person for you mm-hmm. too. And that, that requires resources that people might not have as well. And it's just, there's so, so much. There was something else that you said to me before we jumped on um, that I really wanted to cover about the weight that men carry as well. Yes. Because I, I'm I, like, yes, this. I feel like men carry the weight of the world. Yes. 
you know, and they'll often complain of like my shoulders hurt and my neck is stiff and my back hurts, but it's just literally the weight that they're carrying in emotions and stress. And they think about things that like I would never think about. They're thinking about their future generations and like what they're going to leave for their kids and how what they can do now to provide for their kids who are, you know, still kids and how that can affect their kids, right? And they they often feel they are in last place in the home. Their wives and their children's needs always come first. Um, so yeah, they just carry the weight of the world and it's so heartbreaking uh, because they often don't share that with anyone, yeah. right? They just kind of stuff those feelings down and those worries and those stresses and then it starts to affect their health. In, in so. every way. In every way. Yes. You know, there was um, a guy I spoke to a couple weeks ago who he's like mid, mid to late 40s. And he was telling me how he showed up in relationships and stuff prior to. Um, so he well, he, he had a, a massive heart attack a couple okay. years ago. And he was telling me how he showed up in relationships for his whole life leading up to that versus how he shows up in relationships now. And that he was very kind of removed, distant before um, he had his, it. and this is another thing that I want people to pay attention to. He had his heart broken when he was a teenager and he basically swore to himself that he would never allow that to happen again. And I can't tell you the number of men in particular, it's not to say that, mm -hmm. that again, there are other people who go through this, but men in particular who undergo hurts at a, at a young age, sometimes even like, you know, like, like second, third grade yes. or something. And like it stays with them in such a significant way that it has this ripple effect that impacts them for the rest of their mm -hmm. life and in really massive ways. Like, you know, I underwent bullying and stuff too and I, I'm sure there's still some lingering effects of that, but it's not like, it's not how I dictate the way I live my life, you know? Exactly. <laughs> just like one random yeah. example. And the re I think, this is just my personal hypothesis, but I think that one of the reasons why that is is because we don't teach men Culturally speaking, we don't teach men the same way about how to process or feel their emotions mm -hmm. the way that we teach women to deal with it. And release them and be yes. able to cry because that's how you release your emotions. Yes, and not having the, the support <clears throat> to talk it out yeah. with the way that, that more, like many more women do than men in so many ways. And this this gentleman um, that I spoke to with the heart attack, I said, I'm not surprised at all you had a heart attack. I said, because that was the physical manifestation I feel like in some ways of like your heart and obviously that is not to take away from actual like physical issues yes. that, that cause these types of things too I I don't believe in like the spiritual bypassing aspect of like yes. everything is a manifestation but one aspect of that was just seeing how differently he shows up now I'm like it's almost like your heart needed to physically break yes. in some ways in order to open to allow you to like both both give and receive, receive love. love again. Yes. I agree with you. Yes. And and our heart chakra is how we give and receive love. So mm -hmm. when that's blocked and there's no energy flowing to it, I think that affects the heart and I think sometimes that's what needs to happen is you need to crack that shell and just release all that stuff and sometimes a heart attack is what it takes. Yeah. Right? For his heart to open and soften. But yeah, I, at the end of a session, I usually say one of two things, and I almost feel like, like it's I could just pick any, mini, miny, mo, which one it's going to be. But it's either you're carrying the weight of the world, 
or <clears throat> you don't know how to process and name your feelings because men are often sent to their rooms, told not to cry, right? And their emotions end up as anger. But they started out as frustration, disappointment, grief, grief sadness, jealousy, yeah. sadness, heartbreak, all these things. But all we see is anger. And now he's labeled as a guy with a bad temper. Yes. But he was a boy who didn't know the names of those feelings and had no one to share them with and couldn't release them. Yeah. Right? So he just stuffed them and stuffed them. And now he's just carrying this big load, this heavy load of grief and pain. And he's he has closed off his heart and not allowed love in. That's why he maybe hasn't shared his abuse with the three wives he's had. Think about it. How could you be married three times and never feel safe enough to tell your spouse that something happened to you when you were a child? Oh, right? That, that in itself just like, shatters me to hear. Yeah. It breaks my heart every yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Kat, this has just been like such a beautiful conversation. And I knew that it would be because... The first conversation you and I had, I feel like we both gave each other all, all in the span of like twenty minutes. Yes. We like gave each other like each other's life stories, and then had this like ridiculously deep discussion almost instantaneously. And then I I had and to like leave. three hugs and yeah. four high fives <laughs> and a whole bunch of tears. And that's why I'm like, no, no, I, I need to bring her on the podcast. I'm so glad yeah. that we've gotten to do this. I would love to know how people can not only connect with you, but some of the things that people can can do to connect with others to reconnect with themselves like do you have kind of idea, ideas for people who aren't local to you yes. who can't who can't come to you tell us what what people can do and then also let us know how for we touch starvation yes right yes. so touch starvation um it, the great thing is you can actually heal your own touch starvation with your own hands by basically touching your body very lightly and just stimulating the skin receptors that are on your on, on the surface um, and releasing that oxytocin. That's what's going to drop down your stress level and release the good hormones that are going to make you feel happy. So you can do that to yourself. Um, if you know of someone that, that you think could be suffering from touch deprivation or is just lonely and doesn't have anyone around all the time, um, you can give them a hug. You can watch a movie with them and cuddle on the couch. Even just a longer hug or when they're talking, putting your arm on the back of their shoulder or on their hand, right? When you're having a conversation, just actually connecting with them physically as you're talking, right? Maybe just putting your hand on their hand. Something that you may not feel is significant, but it could really improve their well-being. Yeah, that's so. really powerful. Yeah, it, and, and so many of us need this. Even things like, like cuddling pets and stuff too oh. can be super powerful, I think. Yeah, yeah, all of these types of things. There, So there are, there are things that you can do even if you can't like go that's look right. for cuddle therapist. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. And how can how can we connect with you? Oh, I have a website. Perfect. Um, I am lovehealingcenter.ca. Beautiful. We'll list that in the show notes. <laughs> okay, perfect. Thank you. I love it. Oh my gosh. And do you offer anything? Um, I think you and I were talking about the fact that you you actually do couple sessions yes. that I love. Tell us a little bit about this because before we jumped on, I'm like, I feel like we need to take this virtual for you a little bit, but. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us that about might, like your in-person couple sessions too. So I have a training session for couples that want to reconnect. <clears throat> and basically I teach them massaging techniques for each other to use on each other to calm down their nervous system. Um, some pressure points in the body to use. Just a, a hand placement when someone is talking and sharing that might help them release some emotions energetically. Like again, putting your hand on their heart chakra or 
in the front or behind the shoulder blades. Um, and also like some stargaze, um, soul gazing techniques, I'm sorry, to feel each other's energy and just uh, reconnect again and have an open conversation and use I statements. And, you know, like when you're having an argument, if you just stop and you have a two minute hug, it changes the outcome of the argument, right? It's like those little things that if we just think about them, it could improve our relationship. But it's also about connecting to yourself. So I teach them how to meditate, slow down their breathing, calm down, connect to themselves first so they're able to connect to each other. Kat, this has just been such a pleasure. So, so good. I always wrap up with one last question. So let us know what, if you could offer people one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? Um, I would say love yourself and fill your cup first before you give to others mm. instead of giving to others if, if you're not well. Yeah. So yeah. love yourself first. You know, it's such it's such simple advice that I think gets misconstrued now so many times because we often will just think, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's, I've heard that And also, times. yeah, it's being selfish. Yes. Right? Yes. But it's, it's so true and when we really go inward to look at like am I actually doing that for myself so many of us aren't yeah. so that's really really important it's necessary it is thank you so much for having me oh my I gosh love chatting thank with you. you this has been amazing I just think this is such important information and I'm just so glad to have someone so knowledgeable who's like out there doing this every day to come on and talk about this and especially about um, working with men in particular I think it's really really important yes, so thank, thank you, you so much thank you Kat <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. It means the absolute world to me, and I'm so grateful. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review, and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday and Thursday with new episodes and I'm looking forward to growing with you.